Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Welcome to Achtung Mill, listeners. Welcome to the world's famous roundtable conversation, the one that you know and love. With me today is my trusty Wolfpack. I've got a Wolfpack with me here today, all the usual names, but with one special new guest. So from the top, wearing his green and white South London press shirt, Mr Barry Perkins. Good morning. A rather hungover, slightly sad looking <laughs> butterfly collector, Mr Peter Hurd. Hello, playmates. A bright and brushy tailed Don Bone. Hello, everybody. Yours truly, Nick Hart. Mr. Derek King. Yeah, I'm not allowed to mention my name now, am I, anymore? So. It seems not, no. <laughs> and a special new guest, Mills answer to Wolfie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the devil incarnate, Mr. Paul Turner. Morning, all. Uh, to the people. Big welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for coming no. out today, mate. Um, no worries. Also, a big thank you to, to Derek and to Bromley Football Club for the use of their facilities today. It's, it's really appreciated. I've produced a loose agenda, chaps, uh, but so much overlaps with so much else, it's actually quite hard to, to put a structure to a conversation here, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. And I've divided the agenda into two main areas, really. One, problems on the pitch, to be followed by problems off the pitch, but the two kind of go hand in hand, really, so I'm not sure how we'll do it. My opening shot that I picked up on today is five years of decline, that basically since August 2012, uh, in 72 home league matches at Millwall, we run won just 19. This monkey on our back is something I've never seen before. 19. 19 in, um, well, three and now a little bit of a season. So if we go back from 2013, six <coughs> home league wins 2013-14, five home leagues uh, wins in 2014-15, nothing this season. Uh, we had eight in 2012-13. Uh, in I can't think of anything quite like it. I don't know. We've got a couple of hundred years of new experience <laughs> around this table. I've never known anything like it. Probably, if we go back far enough, there probably has been times oh. like it, but yeah. I don't know, you sort of gloss over it, then you glaze over and you forget about it. But while it's current, you just feel like it's the worst time ever, didn't it? Well, the expectations are high now, aren't they? I mean, whatever people think of what's going on now, the last 20, 25 years have been relatively successful. 
and we've got fans now who have had Wembley appearance, uh, Wembley trips, and you know bits and bobs that, that people before wouldn't have dreamed of, and and they get spoiled. They get yeah, spoiled because you know the crowd's always been on the edge. You know, if you get them behind you, fantastic. If you get them on your back, they're on your back, and different players react differently to that. And that's always been so. I mean, I, I, I posted online my first ever game was nineteen seventy two, dinosaur era, really, but. One of the first things that ever struck me at Millwall was how people dug out their own players. You know, the, 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 one of the first words you ever heard was the word come down there. And that wasn't, oh, it was often at the opposition, but it's equally as much at the likes of um, one player. It was Steve Brown. All the listeners remember Steve Brown getting cunted off yeah. something chronic in I'm the white shirt at the time. I'm going to call it a culture because that's what it is. A culture at, of... At our ground, you know, of, yeah. of, you know, getting people, getting on their backs when they're not playing well, but actually getting behind them properly when they are. And you go back five years of decline. I'm going to upset you now, Barry, because when Chris Wood was here, <laughs> we, were t- we were top six. I don't know who he is, but we were top six. We were top six. Yeah, we were. No, you're the right. thing is, and if you look from there, no, right. come backwards. <clears throat> but that was a false right? storm with a, a lone player, wasn't it? Same with Harry Kane for a little while. We've had these little spells. And, and, no, but you, you know. do look back and you think, what if? What if? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, was, 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 I mean, we're running over old ground in a sense, but it's a good point because Chris Wood was the closest thing that we had to a top quality striker. Okay. Do we know um, that we actually went for him, though? I mean, there was. Who knows? I think there's too many people have said that we did for it not to be true. Um, and unless it's a, a real fabric of lies, and well, that doesn't. The player himself said that no will match the offer. Yeah, yeah. It was just his dad who advised him to go to Leicester because they're a bigger club with yeah. better prospects. Yeah. But so the player's more or less said himself. Yeah. So. Well, wrong, was he? No. no, no I'm wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, five years later, no. Thanks a lot, on, <laughs> on that point, Chris Wood, and something's just flashed back to me. I mean, that, that Burnley away game, him and that goal he scored and Emery scored. I mean, even James Emery's goal. You know, what a cracker. Yeah. I didn't go. But I just remember talking to people who come back in that game and they've, you know, you just had a feel, didn't you? you just, I something but, but something I could have happened. Even before that little bit, I mean, that first season back off, we weren't far off the pace of that season when Morrison was banging them in. And, and again, a quality striker in form scoring goals. And, and that's always a common thread. And that's the thing we now, we haven't had for years. God knows how The thing is, I games. think it's, I think it's four seasons. Four, you know, Jackets last season mm. was not one to cover himself in glory. At the end of the day, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. He obviously quite plainly wanted out mm. because he went fairly soon after packing yeah, it in. Yeah. So um, it just was, you could see the sort of down, the downward steps of yeah. the club. The beginning. Because you'd seen it yeah. all before. Sort and of you, thing, yeah. if you think, it was, you know, Harry Kane probably turned our season for us. Yeah, he saved yes, us. I remember, um, I think it was Portsmouth away when he scored <clears> one <throat> nil. Um, I went to that one. I think we went somewhere like six, seven games on beating in April. Yeah. Um, if that hadn't happened, I think we could have gone down earlier. Yeah, in each of the seasons, we've had a spell like that yeah. that, that kept us. I mean, under Holloway, it was seven or eight at the end, wasn't it? That, yeah. that, seven, wasn't it? That we yeah. went unbeaten at the end to somehow pull that one out. Mm. Um, you know, and, and we just couldn't quite match. I mean, you know, Harris had at least a little go at it last season. But going back to the original point, I mean, even when Millwall have been playing well and doing well, we always have to have a boo boy. Yeah. We've always got it. Yeah. And it's usually we pick on one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the moment, I've got to say, I don't think the crowd are actually getting on the players' backs that much. They're certainly steering away from Harry yeah. Harris yeah. because yeah. he's yeah. the Messiah. That's what yeah. the appointment was. And actually, considering how inept over the last two seasons our form has been, 
especially at home. Yeah. I don't think the crowd are getting that angst. I mean, at the old den, yeah. I remember people scaling the fences to try yeah. and get a bit of angst and, yeah. <clears throat> and waiting in the car park yeah. and duffing people up. You know, <laughs> I think they, I think they've got away quite quite well. At the moment. We're still getting seven thousand. We'll, we'll save the nostalgia for the end of yeah. the show, please, please. <laughs> but what I mean is we're, we're still getting seven thousand crowds on a Saturday at home in that shit pot league. Yeah. And actually, you know, considering the shit we're being served up, the crowd ain't really reacting too badly. Do, I don't do you think they turn quicker now? I don't. I don't know, maybe it's just old age. And, and I, I just find that it doesn't take much for something to flip into. The main difference that I would pick up on, just to answer that point, is yes, they do turn quicker in the sense in that the world is quicker because yeah. everything now is... Yeah. Instantaneous, you know, things like this never existed. No one yeah. sat around a microphone and broadcast a radio show. Yeah. There wasn't the means or ability. There wasn't the likes of Twitter and online message boards where one person says Marcus is a cunt, another person says, "Oh no, he is," and then suddenly you're meeting at the Golden Line fruit machine. Yeah. You know, there just wasn't that ability. It was it was a different era. Yeah. Um, that's it's not true. to say that. You know, the, I remember Steve Antrobus getting an awful, oh awful captain. Um, not the greatest of players for younger no. listeners, but... But you know. also, I think there's an element of... The, the reason they're turning quicker at the moment is it's a, a sense of, fuck it, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Because you're, you're yeah. turning up to watch Chesterfield. First half, you're not having a shot on target. You're going to go down to a... You know, that goal was well taken. I don't think any goal would have stopped that, no. but... There's a bit of fucking you know, I come here every week hoping for a change and I'm not getting the change. Yeah. So I think the crowd are just resigned to the fact that they want to go and win 3 0 at home, but the minute they go a goal down, they know it ain't Here we go again. Do you also think that the players are weaker in terms of mentally? Yeah. Even in this league, it would suggest yeah. it because I think Pete's right. We don't get on a, a single player, I think we get on the team a bit yeah. quicker. Yeah. Um, but a single player is not really getting it. I mean, I suppose the last one I thought of, Lewis Graben, possibly, Maybe. used to get it bad. But yeah. really, I can't. Bobby Barry. Recently. Yeah, but it's, it's a key factor. I mean, I think some people just need to remember, we are in League One. We're in the third tier of the football uh, league. Um, but more importantly, you know, last year, you know, Holloway said it, didn't he? My team's going to be younger. It never happened. No. Right? We've now actually got younger players coming through. And I still think that's quite bright. When you look yeah. at some of the kids coming Agreed. through, Agreed. Um, I think that's a big one. And actually, who else would you want to manage this club at the moment? Yeah. Well, I mean, the point you come on to the point I was just going to make there, um, Barry. I mean, is, is, is Bomber the man for the job or is he too naive? Is he too new? Well, to me, it's these, two, these are the questions. So it's two questions, isn't it? One, do you think he's a man for the job? Yeah. But mm. around, around qualifications, you know, with respect, did anyone go to the Saturn Cup game? You know, oh I, yeah, I mean, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he was, I really felt for him that day. <clears throat> watched his interview, I mean, he was like, I can't believe this is Millwall. You know, you could yeah. just see it on his face. But also, you go back to any job you've done, and you're six months in. How good are you at your job? Exactly. Right? Six months. Plus, so, at the moment, he's got all these older players who are letting him down. It's largely the problem is with the older fellas. It seems and they're be being paid more money yeah. in this. Almost a feeling of the obligation to have started the season before. He's an international goal in the, the top wage earner by all accounts. I mean, if if he dropped him for Jordan Archer, what the fucking hell is he doing? I think dropping him after two or three games is actually quite a brave <coughs> yeah. step because we've seen this with Fordy before anyway. I'm no, I've got no doubt that if Fordy stays, he'll come back and he'll come back to form and he'll find his place back in. Well, that's a trouble. What you don't, what I don't want Harris to do. Talking about the goalkeeping situation, I don't want him to. 
kick Archer out as soon as he makes a cock. No, no, no leave him. And put Ford back <coughs> no, in again. Yeah, definitely. You no. know, he's got to let him. You know, and this is what you have, have to do with young players. And I think at the moment he's probably trying to shelter the young players from 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 it a bit. But he's now finding himself. You know, we started <coughs> off. I think the first game at home we had was it just one in, wasn't it? Three. I think mm, it yes. might have been two if Aidan O'Brien had been injured. Perhaps yeah. I don't know. Uh, been fit. I don't know. Last game I think it was about four or five, wasn't it? Yeah. Five or six. Uh, five or six, yeah. perhaps. And I and I think that is the thing that might calm the crowd down but you've got to accept young players we've, we've had this discussion before about Jack Powell when he first emerged on the scene you know he had a couple of great games shitty first half all off at half time didn't see him for three months you can't do that with no, young no, players no. you know you've got to give them a chance so on that, to... so on that point I think what, what Martin Bomb's probably doing especially with Fulham he's, he's shown a bit of belief in his players yeah, yeah. and I think he has to do that to the older ones and the younger ones yeah. I, I, I've said it before I think Fordy's hanging around with his testimonial next year. Yeah. Yeah. Do. I think that's that's really what he wants. Well, I think he knows he's not going to go and play in the Premiership. He's not good enough. No, no. he's not good enough. No. Well, quite plainly, no one wanted him in the summer. No. Otherwise, he wouldn't be. Oh, really? no. You know, no. he's on good money. I suppose he did have to take a pay cut because I think they all had to build the contracts. Yeah. He probably wanted away. No one came in with a right offer, therefore he stayed and he looks like a hero, which is fine and he's a good keeper. For this league, he's a good keeper. But I think that he made quite a few mistakes in the first few games. Archer has probably earned his place. Definitely. And he hasn't done anything to <coughs> to give that place up. And I think, as someone said earlier, he's got to keep it. Yeah. I think he's a good young keeper. He looks good to me. Yeah. I think Harris has shown a lot of bravery. He's taken some hard decisions. I mean, he's, he's not been afraid to drop former team colleagues. You know, this is being man managing blokes that you've worked yeah. with. Mm. Um, it's never an easy thing in any walk of life. What was his discussion with Danny like? You know, letting Danny well, go. Yeah. Yeah, how tough must have that have been? been you know, um, I've got the good mates, haven't I? So clearly he's got the what you might call the, the, the backbone for the job. Um, he is new, he's six months into the job or whatever, you know, we want to look at it. And who, who does a job brilliantly after that short space of time. Management is always about people management and football management especially. Um, it's whether he has, a question mark for me is whether he's got the tactical nous, does that develop? Are you instinctively born with a, 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 the ability to read a match and change it mid-game? Um, that's about the only question mark, I think, in long-term to, to, to me, that's another problem, is this 4-4-2. Mm. You know, you got it, bang it. At the moment, he's not. he was playing 4-4-2 and not really getting it forward with any quality. He's played 4-3-3, but perhaps not put the right players in the right positions. You know, parts of the Chesterfield game looked quite useful, but you had, um, what's his face, Gregory playing centre forward and Morrison out on the, on the yeah. flank. You know, and took Gregory off, and actually the second half, some of the football wasn't, wasn't bad, and just couldn't start. Agreed, but what me and Pete were saying before we uh, went on air about that was, uh, I think that game, we only had, I think, yeah. one shot on yeah. target, maybe two. Yeah. And that was in the second the half. Anyway, first half, absolutely nothing. The strikers are playing so deep. Gregory sits deep, and Morrison drifts out wide. And yeah. there is there is no penetration there at all. No. I, I might be wrong, but I saw Morrison covering the Cummings. Yeah, he dropped, I'm sure oh, he yeah. dropped him right. Didn't he yeah. say that? Yeah, I did. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, well... Saw, What's he doing back there, for fuck's sake? I saw Morrison taking throw-ins and all. You know, he's the, he's the only physical presence we've got yeah. in their half. Yeah. And he's going over and taking throw-ins yeah. and you but think that, that, you should be the one with your back to goal. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's his fault though, Pete. No. I, I, I just think he was coming where the ball was. Yeah. And, and, so, and obviously yeah. Cummings was so far out of position that first half against... Just, I remember a previous uh, recording, you, you said it and it, was, it really was a light bulb moment about managers um, bringing players in 
and they're very, very focused on their position. Yeah. And that's where I feel Harris a little bit at the moment. I think mm. he's getting being let down by his strikers because that's Harris is a striker. He knows he knows how to yeah. put a ball in the net. Yeah. And I think I, I do feel for him a little bit at the moment because I think them guys are letting him down. But having said that, if you look at our management team there, you've got Frampton defender, yeah. Livermore midfielder, yeah. Yeah. Harris striker, yeah. Yeah. Pressman goalkeepers. Yes. So he's got the four right people in the right places. I think he saw a bit of Gregory, a bit of himself in Gregory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he brought him on towards the end of last season. He had a little purple patch, yeah. didn't he? And yeah. he was a bit more hungry. He was getting in players' faces. Having dropped down a league now, what I'm finding is that some of the, and they're not big experienced defenders, not 34, 35 year olds, but some of the blokes who are in their 20s who have been in that league a few years, they're just bullying our players out of the game. Yeah. And, and that's the word I use all the time, they're bullying them. Exactly, and we ain't got anyone like that. That ginger right back there, the, the yeah, other yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he just, backs. I'd have him in my well, team. Look at, he uh, just uh, smashed uh, the ceiling. Chesfield had that Everett fella who's been around, he's played some Premier League football. You know, he just dominated. But do, they, but, but do players <coughs> become bad players overnight? Because, I mean, uh, no. Brentford last year away. I mean, mm. O'Brien and Gregory were superb. Unbelievable. How we, uh, we yeah. never won that game, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I looked at O'Brien well, and thought, he's really, really hungry and he's going to do some damage this year. Second half against Chesterfield, I mean, in the immediate aftermath, you think, oh, what a heap of shit, we got beat 2-0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't won Jack shit since the start of the season, you know, and, and all of that. When I actually, I, I did the edit for the show afterwards, actually I was surprised by how much possession we had, yeah. how unlucky we were in the second half. Now, you can't, you can't have, be relentlessly unlucky, but, you know, we've, is, is this uh, cliche well, the, small margins? I think as, Harris as made a couple of poor substitutions that day. Yeah. Um, I felt Jack Powell, now maybe he was running out of steam and hadn't played, but Jack Powell was dominating that second half. And driving the game from deep in midfield in a way that every other team has had a player that's done that. Um, and, and dominating the game and moving the ball around and, and getting it going. Okay, we didn't create chances, but it was starting to come. And, and Cummings, the second half in that game, was playing well and he got called off. And Paris Cowan all sort of just run the right flank, but didn't really. And we went to the street and it just got it all a bit wrong. And again, that's management mistakes. That's, that's you know, things that, that, that early on you might do. But <clears throat> there were signs there. And I yeah. think we need, this is the big thing I think we need at the moment, and, and it's asking a lot of someone like Jack Powell, but we need Williams of a year ago, yeah. sitting in front of that back four, dictating play, and then when he's getting marked, getting picked on, which is what teams started doing since last season, then maybe you drop Jack Powell in to do it and move Williams <coughs> out of the way. Yeah. Um, and that's what we need, because every team this season had a really good, solid <coughs> player in the middle of the park who just holds it and moves it around. The, there was the... Chesterfield, was it Chesterfield fellow or Barnsley fellow, the, the, the number five, mm. who was in the ref's ear constantly, completely dominating game, winding everyone up, and I think he was a right cunt, but would I have liked that player in our team? But that's the, yeah. I mean, one of the points I've got on the agenda as a general point, the lack of on-field leadership. Now, yeah. we've signed Tony Craig as the, the so-called leader of the side, I, I don't know what <laughs> you boys have seen, but... I've not seen the Tony Craig that I expected. Tony Craig. Oh, hold on, the Tony Craig that you was expecting, the one that was getting murdered in League One before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 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 yeah. so, so what, no, the, the point I was going to make is we talk about Dunny. I think Dunny was a more versatile player than Craig in terms of where he could play positional. Yeah. I know he's right back and he could play mid, centre midfield, possibly if you put him in, in this league. Is Craig any better than what we've let go? And that's the problem that I have squaring it around. I, I, all I would say about Dunny is I wouldn't be so certain that ultimately or initially it was our decision to let him go. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know any more. I know he was supposedly waiting on some offers from championship clubs, and there was a rumour about Celtic. And and these were... And it's I, I had heard they were genuine, not just bullshit rumours. Um, I then saw him when they played down here in the pre-season friendly, he was in the crowd, and I thought at that point, were well, they going to get him back in? Mm. And then two weeks later, he signs for Orient. I wonder if he held his options open too long, and Aris just said, no, fuck it, I'm, I'm signing. But, so, so, sorry, sorry, going back, sorry, but going back to your point about leadership on the pitch, you've got to remember, like, you know, Bomber's trying to build, he's trying to build a team here, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's, he's dumped 18 players close season. He's, he's thinking about, who are the individuals I want around me? And you look at what he's done at the backroom stuff. So actually, I don't think Tony Gray was a bad signing, but what I think he has been, he has been disappointing. And I'm, but I'm, I'm pleased with him. That's bang that. on the point I was going to make. <clears throat> I think the reasoning behind Harris signing Craig wasn't because of his football ability necessarily. It was the Mr. Millwall thing. Mm. He needed, mm. he'd lost Danny, he'd lost Robinson, he'd lost Fordy effectively yeah. as a leader. But I, I, and that's of, what he wanted. Yeah. And, uh, but then I, I, that's, I see that logic. Yeah. But I think there's a perception of Tony Craig that perhaps isn't the reality. Because to me, in this day and age in football, leadership isn't about trying to chop a player in two on the halfway line or picking a fight with the little kid with the Alice band no but it is the um, tunnel stuff like right. the Leeds playoff where it's they're, like they're, well, there they're is, winding the players up there's also talking I mean people came Webster for that first um, what was the game he got absolutely ripped by uh, Coventry um, Coventry, yeah, Coventry, Coventry fella. All right, but Webster was left so isolated that day his thumb was miles away from him there was no help they didn't, you didn't feel right. anyone was talking right. Webster through because frankly what would you do if you're the leader and the captain and someone's ripping your centre back partner in your arsehole you go and help him not just physically but you you, you know and I don't it's feel that's that sort of leadership going back to what I was going to say with Craig and watching him just the last game that well, it was one nil down and you want your captain to step up to the plate mm. but all he looked like he was interested in which it's fair enough for a player is he was concentrating on his own game. Mm. He wasn't quite aware of what yeah. was going on with the rest of the team. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where he falls down. And he gets in the little petty spats. Sorry. And, 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 and I think his idea of getting the crowd going is to go through someone. Yeah. Yes. Well, fuck me, we've got Sid Nelson does that. Mm. Well, can I just say, talking about Sid, yeah. he's the one that seems to be doing all the talking. Yeah. If you, if yeah. you watched him, if you yeah. watched him <clears throat> against Chesterfield, first half we were shit. Let's not get away with get away from that but if you look at the second half which is and I, and I was sitting where he's playing mm. and he's, he's doing a lot of organisation he's doing a lot of talking mm. and I, I was actually quite impressed with his position I'm not a tactician like mm. you mate, but I, I, I was impressed with his positioning you know his vo he, was, he was voicing his concerns and everything else and I, you couldn't hear it but you could see it and I, I was impressed with that and, and I rate him he's a few like Possibly I think Archers are oh, very much organised in the back yeah. four yeah. as best they could be organised. Yeah. Just but going back to the Craig thing, is, 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 you, you know, he's been signed as the Mr Millwall and everything, that almost the embodiment of our club all in one. Um, the, the incident again, where we lost to Barnsley 3-2 struck me as almost that, the, the kind of strength and the weakness of that whole Mr Millwall thing all in one moment. Um, Barnsley were breaking late, late, late into the into injury yeah, time. Tony Craig flattened the man on the break, and the crowd. I did. So I'd done. Put yeah. my hand up. Yeah, fucking have it. Go on. Yeah. Free kick. That's the break over. We're going to get a point. And then of course they lump it forwards, and there's a basic header on goal, yeah. Yeah. where the man, Mr. Mills, just flattened the player out there. Should have been doing his job. Didn't do his job, and they just had a simple nod in. We've got beat three two. Yeah. How, how intelligent was that, Mr. Millwall? Yeah. In reality. But just going back to picking up on Webster, I, I don't like it when a crowd get on his back. I no. think he's a, he's a confidence player Absolutely. for me. But actually, when you're... 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Six foot three and 15 stone or whatever he is, right? You've only got one, one game and that's the physical game. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be Maldini. You're not going to be rolling the ball out from the back four and pinging passes. And I'm not saying you necessarily got to be nasty, but you've got to be physical. Oh, yeah. You can, you know, Robbo weren't nasty, but he was physical. Yeah, yeah. Moody weren't nasty, but he was physical. You know, you've got to have something about you. And, and when you're getting into battles, if that side of your game lets you down, that's when the yeah. crowd will turn on you because they'll go, well, you're six foot three, mate. You know, you're six yeah. foot four. Get involved. Yeah. Achtung. Does Neil Harris and David Livermore as his assistant, do they need this mythical help, this, this elder statesman that comes in? Um, and is that person Steve Coppel, who apparently is... Um, is he involved? Is he here? Well, he, he, uh, from what I, I've heard on the, on the other channel, he's, he is on some kind of deal or retainer of some sort. And I, although he doesn't actually show at the game, he watches... Uh, they send him a it's video. It's Max Wilkins, doesn't it? I'll give him 56 days. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I, 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 them I thought he turned up, but he don't. He, he sits at home. He watches. Um, I don't know if they send him like a freebie on Lions player or something. He watches, yeah. it and then he, he sits in his front room. And he sits in his front room, <laughs> and he has his <laughs> cup of coffee, and he, he, he says probably. Shit, that's on. Oh, that's shit, that's fucking. I've shit. got an idea. Right now, defence agent. That website website <laughs> Don't lump it forward yeah, so much. Yeah. <laughs> what was interesting for me, last two home games, Richard Shaw's been up in the exec. Right. Sitting yeah. behind. Has he? Yeah. Sitting oh, behind Frampton. Frampton's been watching the game from up high with what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. And Richard Shaw's in the next row behind him, sitting there. And I'm thinking... Well, think about when he left and how, how we were before he yeah. left. And, and, you know, apparently was was 
meant to be a, a good young coach with a lot of prospects. He just didn't agree with yeah, Jackie. Jackie. He fell out yeah. of Jackie, didn't yeah. he? And everybody ideas. knows, and, and, and different yeah. ideas, and he, he, yeah. he weren't the manager. Jackie <coughs> was, and he got pinned. Now, I'm not yeah. saying he's the old football head, but what I'm saying is when you need advice, it looks like game. Neil yeah. needs advice in some areas. You know, you'll take advice from anywhere, wouldn't you? And that was fine, Derek. Coppel. Do it my way, you're like, yeah. No, I mean, it was fine. Call free, free. You know, in the, it's the Palace connection, yeah. etc. But, I mean, haven't we had enough of that after fucking Holloway? But, well, yeah. Holloway's not <laughs> really a Palace so, man, is On that point, yeah. though, interesting, I mean, if it's Coppel or not, but um, what, what's, what's the panel thing? Who would you like to see helping out? Oh, I wouldn't. You wouldn't, no. no that's I just why think I you start confusing, confusing people about what their roles and things are. When Cut you your own path. If you've got a proper director of football who's involved with the signing of players and the contracts and bits and pieces like that, that's one thing. But if someone's trying to tell Harris but, what system to play, and Harris is like, but I like to do it that way, if, but, if they're confused, what the fuck are the players going to be doing? Most people recognise it, but, you know, yeah. Bomber is a young manager, yeah. so perhaps he needs some coaching and leadership as well. Also, I, mean, I don't think he's yeah. getting that. I'm not, I'm not saying it needs to be an ex-manager, but, but what I'm saying is, is I think he needs some senior support. Look at that, um, was it the Barnsley manager, Lee Johnson? Yeah. Younger than Harris? Yeah. Two years in the job? Yeah. Well, completely destroyed well, us tactically. Look at Eddie Howe. Playing a really good, fluid style yeah, of football yeah. that we just couldn't even get our heads around. You said it there, we've been doing it for like two years. years. Yeah, and that's yeah. why we yeah. give Harris. Yeah. I yeah. think actually it's not the manager who needs some help, it's the board. Oh, well, that's yeah, another that's subject, mate. No one on the board yeah. is yeah. from a football yeah. background. Yeah. I, I, and I think this appointment was a, a typical appointment by a board under pressure. Well, let's move so, on to the board. I mean, we've, yeah. we've done the problems on the pitch. I mean, they pretty much lay themselves out every time we turn up at, uh, at um, call it Cold Blow Lane, Zamba Road. Um, problems off the pitch. So, from the top, John Berylson, um, we, we hear that he remains as committed as he ever ever has been. Um, what do we think? Do you think he's truly committed to I don't know what Pete was saying. I've said it for a long while. You read, read back in my, um, my missives as yeah. well. I'm sure I've put it down. That our board of directors from the top all the way down are not football people. No. They're astute yeah. business people. Yeah, they've made their money in, yeah. in the business world, but they know fuck all about running football clubs. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's what's wrong. That is what's it wrong. It fascinates me. They're clearly they successful businessmen, yeah, don't yeah. They just but. don't seem to understand what... What's required? What's required? How many people make money out of football? You don't Not, do you? And you this is the point. <coughs> How many Premier League Cups are profitable? On the message board, everyone says, everyone says about, oh, he keeps pumping money in. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He's not invested in, in, in the true sense of the word investment for me. I'm not knocking him. He's writing off the losses every year and we're surviving. But actually, you know, why wait till the end of the season and write off an eight million loss? Why not put three million in at the start of the season? And save yourself five million by having a decent team. Going back to what you said before about there's been times when we should have invested and didn't invest. First, the rumour was the the Woods situation. He was going to put the money in and it it went away from us. Um, And and it does. It needs that little bit of a push at the right time, the right moment. I checked Gaza's website. We'll plug there for Gaza. It's a brilliant website. Yeah, it's fantastic. But actually, I looked back and all the time he has been chairman, we have not spend more than 250 grand on no, that. No. Now that includes the season we got promoted and we were at 1.8 for ninth in the, the yeah. championship. Yep. That, that for was me what we should have done. was the time 
where had he, had he done what they've done with Doherty and give him three quality signings, yeah. we might have pushed on. Yeah. Or at least established ourselves as a championship that's, side. Well, there was lots of rumours at the time about Charlie Austin, weren't there? And we, we, yeah. we didn't right. go in for it. 700 grand now, at the time. sometimes you, you buy that player knowing that if you don't go up, you sell him in 12 months' time because he's going to have that much quality about him. Okay, it goes wrong at times, and we all know it goes wrong at times, but sometimes you've just got to have a go at it. And, and I think we've had a couple of times when we've tried. I think, to their credit, they probably did try with Chris Woods, but, yeah. but it, didn't, you know, it didn't happen. It goes back to what... I think we had this discussion the last time round. I mean, I, we said about... Well, I think I said it, actually, was that the amount of money that he's actually put in over the years, if he put that much in the first year... No, and this is about having a plan, a five-year plan. Less, less year than year plan, didn't it? Yeah. We're going, yeah. they're spending shitloads of money on, on players that probably aren't up to it. So oh, are they Bristol City are doing it. Yeah, yeah. So hold, hold that point. You just said it. That's very clear to me. A plan. So these are experienced businessmen, yeah? They've made money. You'd hold, so yeah, you, you'd yeah, like to think yeah. they had a plan. And we don't know what that plan is, but surely there was a plan. So how are we going to improve this football club? I think so. Whether the plan's gone wrong, I don't know. But the, the beauty of a plan is you, you've got to be brave enough to jump in and go tweak it and change it. The plan's, I mean, I've done that. Plan's gone wrong. Our, our, our record transfer is still eight hundred grand for an ex West Ham master. Yeah, in, from nineteen eighty nine. In twenty five, twenty six years. Do you remember the goal we scored? It was brilliant, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember all those folks. I was like, I was like, I was but, but I've, got, I've got a mate who's a Palace fan, boo. But um, I said to him, we were talking about this the other day. Do you remember the game we was at home and we beat them 3 0 and we're booing our own players when we pass it to our players? We're yeah, booing yeah, and yeah, we're exactly. going, oh, lay when they yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that, think about that and think about now. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, what does that tell you about the two clubs? And I, yeah. I don't want my club to be a, a model of Crystal Palace because I think it's a shit club anyway. But the point is, is that look at what they're doing off the pitch and but, how they perform business. But, but, but the thing is, there's a huge amount of luck in, in what happens. Um, and, and you said, how do you make money in football? You, you get a bit lucky and you sell your club, but you know when to get out. And, but and name three people who have done that in the last 20 years in any, at any level. Well, the, gla the Glazers will do it. Yeah, but, yeah, but the West Ham Dildo brothers will do it, almost yeah. inevitably. Palace will do it. You're talking about teams who will do it. Okay. Saying, well, well, give me okay. examples of teams who have done it. Right, there's a bloke at Derby right. who's actually just bought it back, but um, he made money out of it. Um, there, there, were, there's a couple, there are a couple around. I mean, but that's how you make money in football. That was, you know, that's what the answer is. The big names, the big clubs are brands, essentially, now. Yeah. But go um, back to those. We're not. We're not. For a small club, I mean, I'm thinking now of the, of, of the Bournemouth, um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the London Origins to yeah. a degree. Um, you know, even Brentford who are on the fringes of having a shot at it, that, the, the golden goose is to get into that Premier League yeah. by hook or by crook, which does require some form of investment yeah. at championship okay. level. Now, I mean, I've written down this figure, I don't know how true it is, that over the years since he's arrived here, John Berrison has committed, not maybe not invested, but he's committed 40 million over the years to um, the, the, the company that is called Mill um, PLC. Um, now, that is, that is basically... He's ticked it over at best. He's not actually. So that forty million. Sorry, Nick. That yeah. forty million. What has that forty million pound been spent on? Well, I mean, he must have spent a good, I don't know, maybe ten million sorting out all the old shareholding shit that was going on. Right. Remember, what's his face came in. Um, Ferguson Lacey. Ferguson Lacey. Yeah. yeah. So he spent a lot of money sorting out a load of shit with that. I mean, how much? I don't know. But gradually, as he's dripped more in, everyone else's influence has waned. 
you know, all the old um, shareholders, the 45,000 shareholders, I don't know how many are still there, but they've got a little tucked away <coughs> little bit. In so, the, so sorry, just hold that point. So that's not so, a lot. But so, so that's, that's yeah. good. But what, all I'm seeing really is, is what he's done is he's just paid money to, for us to survive. Effectively, yeah. that's what it's come down to. Yeah. So that, that's the bit I'm struggling Well, that's with. what I was going to come to. I mean, how much of the money after that has been spent on nothing to do with the on-pitch activities? Yeah. You know, we've, we've had the regen. Now, you know, say no more about that, or maybe we will, but the regen must have sucked in a huge amount of cash and a huge amount of management time management that he probably didn't need. You know, we're now sitting there, you've got Amber as chief executive, you've got Williams as chief marketing director, you've got this, what's his face, Mills, is it Andrew Mills, who's coming as head of recruitment. We've got a general manager, we've got an operations manager, a marketing manager. You look at the, the number of positions at Mill Football Club that you look at and think, do we really need all of that shit? Because actually most clubs work on general the, manager. The, 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 the chairman tells the general manager or the CEO what to do. Yeah. And I... I just look at how much money we've we been spending on infrastructure for a club that doesn't exist. This is a big yeah. point, and I, I know some of you boys are in business yourself, so tell me, I, I'm, not, I'm no businessman, but you know, you don't get to the ability in this world where you can lose 40 million effectively without employing people that know what they're doing, that, um, that know, know what should we call it, know how to make money, that operate in the real business world. Now, you know, all that you've just described there, Derek, um, that, the Millwall Football Club is, is, there's no way I believe you can call that a well-run business. If it's, you know, if it's employing all these people for no obvious end purpose. So why does John Berylson, why would he tolerate a situation where one of his businesses operates so cacandy? And that's the key point. And, and go back to day one, John Berylson's invited down to the den, he's offered the opportunity to invest in loose terms in Millwall. The first question any successful businessman is going to ask is, what the fuck is this going to cost me and over how long? He's going to have an exit strategy, whether it's three years, five years, ten years, it doesn't matter. He's not just going to sit there and keep writing blank checks. No. On day one, he'd have said, all right, I'm new to football. I'm not new to sport, but I'm new to British sport and football. What does an average chairman have to throw at a club? Those questions would have been asked. Yeah. Now, no one would have said, oh, uh, four million over the next six years, because... Yeah. I could be their fucking chairman for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It, they would have had a figure, and he would have had a figure, that he's prepared to, to lose at this. Mm. Now, where, where and when he gets to that figure, none of us know. But the point I'm making is he wouldn't have come into football expecting to make money. I don't think, unless I, it was out of region. Out of the football club, he wouldn't have come in expecting to make money. I think he's already gone past what he's prepared to lose. Oh, yeah. I think, I think he's gone well the other side of the line. The regions for, for Millwall, the regions fucked, and it really it always was mm. because it's council land. We don't own anything. We don't own our training well, ground. We, we don't own our yeah. football ground. If it's we rewind, rent. <clears throat> if we rewind to, to the picture that there was when John Merrillson first came in, you had a club a few miles from the centre of London that was hosting the Olympics in four or five years' time. There was a plan on the blocks of a sports. Small cities. Yeah, there was yeah. a buoyant property market just about still. There was um, talks about Olympic teams coming and basing at the Den if it had the facilities. Um, you know, the, 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 and, and that's inside the actual region bubble, right? And, and, and obviously the world changed, yeah? yeah? He was looking for a football club before he looked at Millwall. He looked at a few. He walked away because they were either too expensive, you know, because he wanted to do things on his own rather than with a partner, etc. And, and somehow he came upon dear old Millwall and the region probably was the thing that tipped him into it because he's got a history of 
philanthropic and social urban regeneration, etc., etc. So that you could see the picture looking quite attractive. And I think Paul's right. I think he had a figure in mind. The regen disappearing. The, that was a complete and utter fuck up. Whoever did that for him screwed it. Um, I think <clears throat> he probably has too much faith in people who have let him down and he's stayed with them far longer than he ever yeah. should. And so he should be more ruthless. Yes. In terms of a yeah. business Or sense, how much of it you've is got ego. He doesn't want to be seen and, that he's... I would not say ego. I would say that he's a man who doesn't walk, want to walk away no. from things. He, he seems he to value loyalty very well. very bold statement yeah, I agree with um, that. that he would not leave the club in a worse state than he found it in. And I suspect we're very, very close to that now. I think the cost cutting has two purposes. One, if he does <coughs> stay in and keep it ticking along, he wants as low a cost base as he can. Someone buying it will want a low cost base because then they can come in and invest in the club, you know. And it, it you know, it, that's what is what, what what they've done is in essence. And the problem is, if he's still got around his head, he wants his money back. The biggest, the biggest bugbear for me was last year. If you believe the reports that have been written, our wage bill was nine point two million pound yeah. last year. Right now, if you're chief exec of a football club that's not doing particularly well, has had a history of yeah. bad appointments of managers and whatever, you're sitting there. How do you let that happen? If you haven't got a single player out on that pitch that you're going to get more than two hundred grand for, if you sell. Yeah. How do you justify as the chief executive because it's sitting there saying nine million pound wage bill? Well, I think how the fuck did that? I think they, I think like a lot of us, apart from this man, they believe the bullshit they were spun by the previous manager, and 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 he said if you invest in wages for these players, they'll do the business for us and they'll make they'll, they'll advance us as a team and as a club, and we'll do well out of it now. I, I for one was taken in by it. Yeah. I thought Holloway was a good appointment. Yes, I um, Obviously, he wasn't. You know, again, talking to people that are Palace fans, he nearly destroyed their promotion season. Last mm. ten games, they won one. Mm. You know, but we, we thought it was a good appointment. You, Everyone you, I know, you, goes you to don't have, you don't have to scratch the surface too far with and we're with, still playing with Palace to yeah. find out that the man left there a shell and was a completely wrong appointment for us. And, and seriously, I think one phone call to Steve Parish would have told us not to have hired him. So this takes us back to the board. It takes us to Andy Amber. I mean, for, did you? For, uh, sorry, go on. did you see the um, protest? The mini protest. No, right? well, well, no, I saw some well, online messages. I was, I was going, what was going on? Or walk round from from the sort of first time. I mean, There's like, no bricks flying. All this shouting. I just looked like young. I don't know who no. was there. You could see about four or five. People with others just like just for younger listeners, a, a Millwall car park protest and tradition involves the right police coming yeah. at some stage, like, yeah. Yeah. a couple of um, plenty of internet memes or whatever they call them, and um, and shame rude words, Andy. Andrew. It looks more like a mingle. A mingle. <laughs> 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 so that was no protest. Like it's in a actually, I mean, you, you've used the word the chief executive, and you've you've talked about football ain't like other. That strategy wasn't set by Andy Ambler. No. Right, that strategy was set by a board, which goes back to a board that doesn't know football. Going back to, to John Berylson's first, one of his first moves at his club was to bring in Andy Ambler. Okay? Mm. Now, I don't know the man, I can't comment on a man and his abilities or whatever, but he was a accountant and an FD from Fulham Football Club Fulham. that had a, a strong track record in football, and, with, and, and I believe he's still very, very well thought of as a football administrator. But yes. he is not the man dictating the strategy that this club takes. 
I think he's the man spinning all the plates and tasks with it. And I think he's an easy target because yeah. no one wants to start a protest against John Berylson because everyone recognises what his commitment is to the club and what the club will be without that commitment mm. carrying on. So Ambler's the aunt Sally for it. Mm. And, and I don't know if that's right or wrong. I can't tell you whether Andy Ambler is, is, is good, bad or indifferent. But it's, it's above Andy Ambler that the problem comes because, like you say, who set a fucking strategy that, that hired... All, and this goes back, it went before Holloway, it went back to Lomas... You know, to bring in all these expensive players <clears throat> who, frankly, didn't... And to some extent, it went back before that because we had it with Henderson. Thankfully, now we have a recruitment department. Oh, oh God. God. Hey! Is, is that the so, back just, just very quickly, I'm, I'm, I've heard that Berylson might be thousands of miles away, but he's very hands-on in the running of the club. And I think that bears out what you're saying. I think about, he is again. I, I think that bears out what you're saying about Ambler. He's an easy target because the alternative targets... Are ones that you just can't question. At the yeah. if, if you look at if you look at football, a lot of the chairmen are very very hands on. It always has been that way. It is a rich man's play thing, and it might not be that they're day to day. But look at Chelsea, where some of the senior players have a better relationship with Abramovich than they have with their team manager and and the the, the sort of board. We, you know, you, took... you mentioned strategy. Okay, the yeah. strategy's got to evolve. It's got to change because. The strategy last year was probably to get promoted out of the championship. Yeah. <coughs> Once we get relegated, the strategy changes. Yeah. And we've seen that with a, the dumping of 19 high-earned players yeah. and whatever. We were preparing for relegation. We know yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the point I'm making is, if Berylson is very hands-on and we don't want to patsy, it's got to be handled then. Yeah. Because the strategy at the moment ain't let's get fucking relegated again. It should be let's bounce. Now, is it better to spend... One and a half, two million now, trying to generate a bounce, yeah. Yeah. or is it oh. better to go down again and lose another four million next year, or eight million next year, yeah. I, I, mm -hmm. with less fans coming through? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you're right in that respect. Unless you've got faith, and Harris has told him that the players will keep him up. And, and it's a, actually, it's about staying up this season. And it's a bit like it, it's like the fucking Exocet missile. You know, yeah. it's coming. There's fuck all you can do yeah. about it. Yeah. And the thing is, he knows at the end of this season he's going to be writing out another six million pound check to bail us out again. Well, actually, why wait till the end of the fucking season when the damage is done? Write out two it. checks, one halfway through the season, to try and get us out of it, yeah. and then the end of season check. I'm taking the mickey out of the recruitment department. I think on a serious point, I think that is intended, for, for better or for worse, to be the, uh, the, the the thing that brings in the right kind of players where we've made mistakes and errors in the past. We've signed high-wage players that have let us down character-wise. The intention of the recruitment department, which I think is is Alex Aldridge and last year's championship manager, um, <laughs> um, is to bring in the right players and, and combine those with our youth players. But my, argument argument give is, us the basis. my argument is, what has that team generated so far? Well, nothing. So Pretty much do we have any zero. confidence that they will? I mean, and this goes back to this point about management, right? We've got about seven or eight people on the board. Most of them seem to be there because they put their hand in their pocket. But... And I'm sure they do good things for the club. I mean, I know Trevor Keyes, for example, has been heavily involved in the pitches and yeah. development and stuff like that. So I'm sure these people do certain things that are good, but do they really understand the football strategy? Because you've got two or three Americans on there. Yeah. You know, you've got a couple of people, Gontikas, I mean, where he come from and, and how he's still he here. He was Yeah, and then he was PDS's yeah. man coming in. So, so he's there and, and, and I don't know what he does. Um, you know, you've, you, but then below that, you've got three people who have been chief executives of lower league football clubs. 
Ambler. Um, Mills was chief exec at Brentford for a while, and Williams was chief exec at Crawley a while, and the rumour I heard, he was chased out of town. Um, those people are doing different things. Not by your affairs. Is that a model we want to follow? Most of them that we're working with in there are in our ear, aren't they? And, and so what you've now got, I think, is... Embarrassing, I think, is something. If you ever go in the exec club, I don't know if anyone's been in there last year or so, right? Williams is almost like a puppy dog when Berylson's there. You don't see Ambler with Berylson, you see Williams with Berylson. My own theory is Ambler's probably long overdue a move off and that Williams is the heir apparent. But again, it comes back to, we, we, we're putting faith, Berylson's putting faith, as well as in his managers who have fucked him up, into people who have fucked up with sponsorship deals and God knows what else. You know, and everyone wants to pass the buck on to everyone else because there's too many fucking managers in there. It's, it's like anything. You make a mistake, you, you pin the blame here. And if you've got lots of people and you can muddy the water, it's also... It's quite simple. Sack them all. Oh, there's six people sitting there could do it, no problem. Hmm. Do you think it's that simple, Barry? I mean, obviously on the, on the, on the message boards, you know, that, that's often the, uh, the gist of what people I just, say. You, it, you, it's an idea that anyone can do what Alan Williams does, um, any fool <clears> with a, uh, a football club attached to the, the you know, commercially can make money. Is it, is it that simple? I'll tell you, you, a little bit I'll tell you what, to know what you're doing. I'll take Pete as commercial director of Millwall Football Club because he understands it a lot more than Alan Williams does. Right? I'll tell you what, I bet you there's, en there's enough context around this table in terms of business and other avenues that you could probably pull together a coherent strategy. How about that? Yeah, the trouble is though, it requires one man to fund it. We haven't got the means. Well, everything's built. Unless Bongo's yeah. doing well at the moment, you know. <laughs> it, it, we haven't got no, but we. I mean, we haven't got the means to start chucking in a couple of hundred grand or however much it is. They're chucking in alongside there also, which, which they are. Can't do yeah, that, which they are. Trouble is, it's unfair. You don't. You don't know what the plan was. That's no. Problem. We don't know what the plan was, and even if there was a plan, it may have well been tweaked. I, I mean, we don't. Want oh, well done. Don't want football, but I'm. You know, picked up an ops unit and it, I've done a plan. I've got two years. Um, and it's about where we are now, where we're going, and how we're going to fucking get there. Mm. And what I've done is I've brought all the people in that work with me, and we've agreed the fucking plan. So the beauty is you bring them people in, get them on board, yeah, well, this is my idea. Yeah. And I'm not seeing that. I see it's like, John Berylson, as you said, has come in, don't know enough about English football, got the money, you know, so, I, you know, I'll drain up by that, but I don't think he's got the right people around him. No. And I think, I think Amber's a weakness. Yeah, I I, like I say, I can't comment on Amber simply because I don't, I've never met the man. I don't know. I don't know what he's about. I just look at that picture of For different me. people doing different things around the club, and, and I don't, I don't sense there's any coherency between no. the marketing so you, department and the chief executive. You don't know. You don't, we don't know our our Berylson set it all up. He might sit there with his team like that, and he might say, "Well, this season, I'm going to put. It might be all about money." Mm, yeah. I'm going to put two million pound in this season. Yeah. Yeah. If I put two million pound in, you're putting five hundred thousand in. Yeah, you're putting yeah. five hundred. Yeah, yeah. And they'll go, well, John, don't put two million in. I'll put a million. Seven hundred. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I put five hundred. You're putting fifty grand. Yeah. 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 Good idea, yeah. John. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. And you're absolutely. Another thing. I mean, I haven't heard a lot from Pete Garston recently. No. But I do sense in the last couple of years he's obviously had these his health issues. And I do sense in the, in the last couple of years, the board's become more detached and perhaps doesn't understand as well how we're feeling yeah, as well. Because perhaps, the communication you know, is uh, his presence in Maybe that they're missing that input. Yeah, because he possibly. was the one, okay, he was a fan, but he was much more independent because he wasn't the one who was sticking in yeah, 100 yeah. grand every year. Yeah, yeah. And, and then sometimes you need people, 
you should have people who are involved in the finance of the company for sure, but you need independent people who aren't locked into it financially, who can make decisions that are based on more than money. Yeah. They can look at the requirements of every stakeholder. And, and that for me is the point. The, the, the way it was explained to me that the club worked when we was in the championship was that a budget was decided on. Yeah. Let's call it eight million. And that the split between transfer fees and wages was down to the management yeah. of the football yeah. club. So we can have loads of iron play, players earning loads of money, pay fuck all in transfer fees. At some point, you've got to let the manager make those decisions. But you've got to judge him on whether it's working. And, and at the point, at one point, I believe we had four players earning over £20,000 a week, which is an obscene amount yeah. of money. Yeah. You've got to look at it and you go, oh, fuck me, that McDonald's playing well, he's cracked in eight goals in 10 games. Good decision, Lomas, Holloway, yeah. whoever. When it ain't working, you've got to go, hang on a fucking minute. <laughs> yeah. You want to bring another player in on 20 grand a week. Yeah. And it's like having the best builders in the world, but using shit materials. Yeah. It don't yeah. work. You, yeah. You've got to have some foundations there. And someone, Ambler, Berylson, must have gone, well, should we not have 8 million all on wages? What about we spend fucking two on players and have 6 million on wages? Yeah. Is that a better idea? Let me just run that up your flagpole. Because mm. you've got to question things. Mm. If it's going well, you don't question. Yeah. Mm. But you still review things and go, hang on, yeah. fucking four players only 20, 25 grand a week. What's that all about? What are they delivering? Yeah. Fuck all's what they're delivering. Let's change tactics. Achtung, Milbein. Here's a question, throw a little bit of a strange one out there. If Lomas had been given more time, do you think he could have turned it around? Um, I think he would have had a better idea than Ian Holloway turned out to yeah. live. Exactly. I wouldn't have believed I would have said that at the time. I, he was cursed with West Ham, you know, yeah. um, the West Ham connection. <laughs> Patience is, is a... Uh, the whole flag on that's all right. <laughs> but <laughs> to answer your question, I, I think he, you... He's yes, doing a fair crack at the whip. I would say yes, possibly, but I, I rewind. I was away on the Middlesbrough game. Was it Boxing Day when uh, we got beaten? Someone, just before Christmas. A couple yeah. of my mates oh, phone. Yeah, I, was, I was up in Norfolk. We were all, all Christmas. I was watching it on a dodgy feed on my iPad. Yeah. Well, I nearly threw that across the fucking <laughs> room. Oh, but my, a couple of my mates around me said, this is possibly the worst game I've ever seen. The, ever. 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 <laughs> in like 35, 40 years. There's a lot of whispers come out of the club about that time. And, and, it, and I think it went wrong for Lomas a lot earlier than, than, than that. Of course. And I think... He'd never come out of dugout. He, he's... Let's just say his frame of mind probably changed a lot earlier than that. Yeah. And listeners won't know what all these things, all these little rumours that we hear about, were probably a function of he felt under pressure, under too much pressure from yeah. day one because of his West Ham association. The reason Lomas was a very, very poor appointment was because he was never going to be given the time no. whatsoever. Players he, didn't want to play him. No, his number two didn't come down either. Yeah, I think that was, that was brains of the outfit. Well, if you look at yeah. he stayed, and if you look, yeah. they carried on playing okay, yeah. and, and we ended up with a shit. But I, I think that sometimes, you know, you go back to Clough and Peter Taylor, they're better as twos and they're not yeah, as yeah, good yeah. as ones. Yeah. 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 Interestingly, I mean, Lomas actually got longer than Spackman did. You look at the just for the show, took a quick look at that season where Spackman was appointed. Mm. It was fucking awful. You don't realise how many relentless defeats oh, we had. I'd forgotten. <laughs> It was it was consistent. It was about ten straight losses. It, it was, my, and he was he was gone. Uh, I think it was October. It was very early. It was yeah. my very son's early. first season. Um, 
the, my eldest son's first season, <laughs> he didn't see a score of goal. No, he didn't see a score of goal. I mean, he yeah, wasn't, don't go he wasn't coming to every game at the time, but he didn't see a score of goal until Neil Harris returned, <clears> and the first goal he scored was the one when Harris equaled the record. We beat someone four 0 or something that day. And the crowd absolutely went fucking berserk. <laughs> and he's there going, is this what it's like when we score against <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, period, that period, I mean, it was fucking up on yeah, And a yeah. lot of people were angry. I was just numb. Yeah. We changed our manager. I was just, just numb. The, 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 the football we were playing, <laughs> I just... I'm sitting there in this So it has been worse, actually. Now we've answered our own question. But it, there was a lot of common it. features of the Spackham Rain and the Lomas and Holloway ones in quick succession. In that before um, Spackman was appointed, he, he was, his nose was in it. It was an agent around at the time. Mm-hmm. And we had already signed three or four players before Spackman's appointment was. And they, I think, had the same agent as him. Okay? So we brought in all these loads of players from here, there and everywhere, and some of them looked quite promising, and some of them we like, well, what the fuck's he doing here? And some of them worked out all right in the end. But it was the same feature. We brought in a load of players, expected it all to happen very, very quickly, under a manager who didn't have a fucking clue what he was doing. Um, and and Spatman got a little, you know, he got he got hooked pretty quickly. And I think yeah. Lomas would have hooked quicker, apart from going back to what John Berylson is. He's a much more honourable I think it's a way to describe John Berylson. I think he sticks by people and he gives them a chance and he's much yeah. more affected by the, the, the relationships and the personalities than, than a lot of football chairman would be. So what three things can we say we've learned from the start of this season? We're going to borrow the news at Dens. Three things. It used to be five things we learned. Uh, yeah. We're clearly not learning as much as we used to, but what have we learned from the, since the start um, of the season? Three Go. things I've learned about the team, I think, is that... Um, I think that Upson and Williams can't play together. Cool. That's, that's one thing I've learned. I think um, Webster and Beavers can't play together. Okay. <laughs> and the third thing is that Marcus can't play together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. That's the third thing I've so far. Sid, Sid, future captain. Is he mind. that good? He's been uh, well, I don't know. Is he that good? We're confusing it being good well, with being a captain okay. at the time. That's fair, fair cool. yeah. um, I, And I think that I think he's good. I think he can be better, but then he's he's a young player, yeah. so we we won't know how good he's going to be. The comparison I make with Robinson is is a good one. I think if you yeah. Sid is a better player than Robinson was when he first came in. Yeah. I remember Robinson. Better player. I remember Robinson getting some stick early yeah. on in his career. And then we went Mistimed to... Mistimed his jumps and everything. We went to done. St Mary's in the Cup and I think it was James Beattie who had just been called up for England. Davis, yeah. And, and one yeah. of them had been called yeah. up for England and he had him, he had him right there yeah. in his pocket. And that was when I thought, this kid is going to... Now, he it's never good. fulfilled it. He's still really only got 20 games under his belt, hasn't he? Or something yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. Is, but, but I've learned that Sid, I think, is a future captain. Mm. I've learned that Cummings might as well not have any legs. Short, short Cummings, I've got um, it. Short Cummings. <laughs> short Cummings. <laughs> he might as well be short and have no legs. Let's go back to that instant nation, isn't it? And I've learned that Morrison might have his desire back. Because in my mind, the last few games that I've seen Steve Morrison play, he looks like one of the very few that gives a shit at the moment. I'm not saying they're, they're not all trying. I'm just saying body language on the pitch speaks volumes when, when you're at Millwall. And that's why 
sometimes we've always got on individual players' backs, like Graben, who used to just look like they didn't give a shit. Mm. He now looks like he does. Now, let's forget you can't play with two in midfield in the game as it stands at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we've got to forget this idea of four four two with wingers banging banging forward. You're breaking my heart, dude. Yeah, I know it's not a popular thing, but again, I think again culturally it hasn't helped to, to do that. I, I genuinely believe some of these kids are good players, and the, the, the real bright spot. I mean, everyone's talked about Fred. He's an obvious mm. talent, and he ain't going to be here very very long. But I've really really liked the way Ben Thompson's emerged. Because I think that actually is a middle midfield player, yeah, and I think in 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 um, we've mentioned Sid in Sid. I mean, you've used the Robbo analogy. I, I think of him like Rhino a little bit as well. In that, is a, a player. He might be actually a little bit more talented than those, but he understands what it's like to play for Millwall and, and how. And both those kids do. So this is to me, they're the real high spots. And, and I think there are. I think I think. The third point is that I think there are good young players there who, given time, they're not going to be as good as the Kales and the Reeds and the Ifills. Never going to be at that standard. Football's different now, anyway. But I think they are genuinely a good core of players, and I think they will be good enough to stabilise us, and I think they will be good enough to push us on next season. Maybe not. It's going to be another four, three, four year <coughs> run, but I think they'll be good enough to compete at this level of football. And I think by the end of the season, with some patience and some good direction from Harris, I think we'll have a decent side that's that's sort of. Mid-table, yeah. I've only got one thing, Nick. I've only got one thing um, this season so far. Shrewsbury was nice. <laughs> Hotel? Is it Spa? Spa weekend? Hotel night before in, um, where did I stay? Fucking hell, somewhere in Birmingham. And then uh, went for a run in the morning. Fucking lovely sunshine. Fucking gorgeous. We won too much. Don't run. We won't don't run. <laughs> Who's the ugliest player ever to wear a Millwall shirt in your in your Millwall well, career? Well, has someone answered that today? Who? Fuck off. sitting opposite in his Millwall shirt. The fuck is yeah, it? I, 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 I remember that Allardyce. Yeah, my mum used to fancy him. Phil, oh, Phil Stamp was an ugly bastard. I called it on Hoff the other day because I had to get a picture loaded up. Chris Dibble was an ugly Chris Dibble Chris Dibble <laughs> <laughs> was a fucking ugly they're coming out of the old and, and secondly <laughs> secondly the two Russians I don't know which one it was because <laughs> I never got the picture <laughs> uh, the one with the curly <laughs> hair was Uran Kolkov was the one you never saw Uran Uran was a little tubby one wasn't yes, it? That's yeah. it, yeah. Right, he looked like the woman off the coverage best ad <laughs> <laughs> he looked fucking <laughs> hideous yeah. he was he looked like a, 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 a a post-war nan. <laughs> he was an ugly little fucker. Now, but I, Chris I, Dibble. I don't want to speak ill of the dead and heresy, but Kitch weren't exactly blessed with his No, he was, he was, he was, he was rugged. He, 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 he even was rugged. as a youngster, he looked rugged. And actually, that's another thing about him. Also, oh, Sid's too pretty, isn't he? Yeah, he needs to be. I was just going to nominate an appendage of a player, Macca's nose. Alan McLeary, right? Over the years, yeah. Macca started out like quite a good looking young player. Yeah. And he had his nose broken <laughs> on the hour. Yeah. Yeah. So you were say, Sid's going to look like the back end of the bus. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. it looked like he'd melted over the years. <laughs> it's like a candle. Yeah. So Sid get that modelling career in now, mate. Right? 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 Darren Morgan? Yeah, he was, he was an odd little man. What are you talking about, Willis? Lindsay Smith had the cock eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Terrence, 
Close. He, had, he had home and away on us, didn't he? And uh, Tony Hazel was a little Tony Hazel? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what, if we could, if we could speak to Joe Marcus and claim him do his hair and beard like Gareth Bell, fuck me, just hear him now. Yeah, Gareth Bell? He looks like weird. Galen off of Planet Earth. Nick, I've got, sorry, there's one that jumps out at me, but before I say that, I was thinking last night. When I, when I remember watching Malcolm Allen when, when we was yeah, yeah, yeah and I just I don't know I used to think about oh you ugly cunt <laughs> <laughs> but great player got to be I think I'm going to top your old go on Anna Baratza Baratza that's a good call that's a good call go and fucking Google his name and look for an image he is from another fucking planet that cunt here's another one Berkovich do you remember him Berkovich he was an ugly little fucker wasn't he he was just mad. Yeah. Like in the current team, current team, yeah. Who'd win the ugliest oh, bastard? Full ugliest fuck. I, 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 I can think of a few women that I, really yeah, challenge you. Yeah, there's some women like Full. Mum and I. I'd say Craig had a touch of that step toe around. Tony Craig, let's be honest, is one ugly bastard. And he, yes. gets, he gets his looks from his old man, Peter, who I was listening. <laughs> Let's combine this one, the big northern game that you're looking away, uh, going away to this season. Um, and what's the grimmest northern trip that you've ever made? I'm looking forward to, obviously the ones I need to tick off my ever-diminishing list of You're 92. Wow. So, Rochdale, Burton, Fleetwood on oh, Tuesday night. Yeah. Get in! I'm doing Berry, I think Berry. I'm doing Fleetwood. I'm doing I'm strategically working in the north that week. Uh, I've got to say, I think Berry away on St George's Day. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, it's a bit of an old day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old day. Yeah. You read it here first, listeners. I was thinking of going to Port Vale this weekend because um, yeah. one of the, my head of mini soccer at the football club here is a Port Vale fan who uh, was on their books for nine years. So. Uh, we were thinking of doing a trip to Paul Powell. Did you just say the word soccer? Yeah. He did. <laughs> oh! uh, can I just say, no, the, the FA officially <laughs> now mean? calls it mini soccer. Can we have to do it? Mini soccer. If I was to say to these kids, <laughs> mini soccer, what the fuck's that about? So soccer. No, I know, I know. What's the grimmest, the grimmest well, northern place you've ever oh, been? If I could jump in there, Right on the back of what Derek just said, for me, Port Vale. Port Vale is yeah. I've not been there. I was I've been there a couple yeah, of times, and both times, I, I think it's because I was ill, probably more than anything else. I was, <laughs> I was one of those. I was as ill as what Peter is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all. That's all of you. Tired and emotional. I can't remember. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's all. Grims, 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 Grims. Yeah. I didn't go there with football, but I've been to Darlington. Oh, yeah, Middlesbrough for me. Middlesbrough. The trip to Rotherham last season was something because I, I caught the train. And the, the train from Sheffield to Rotherham was basically reminding me of the old Westerns. <clears> you know, we had like a, yeah. a thing that you moved up and down like that. Oh, yeah, they It was actually a bus bolted onto one of those carriages. Oh, jeez. I did main road twice in three weeks once. I think we played them in the league and played and in the, the cup, cup, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's the coldest I've ever been yeah. before. Long walk as well, that night. Moss side. Through Moss side. Oh, yeah. God. Let's walk <laughs> 900 mil wall fans through the middle yeah. of the <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Crates of beer being sold on the way in bottles. Uh, one for me, Nick, was um, more, more to do with the result. Um, with Sheffield Wednesday. Cut out, they went up with my nephew and we lost 3 0. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure 
it was a couple of weeks after the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember getting there early and we went in and just remember looking over and looking at all the terraces over. Mm-hmm. And I just the whole place was fucking green. It was just yeah. uh, just an air about the place. Yeah. And then we left early and on the motorway down like the ship of Wednesday fans come up alongside us and stuck their fucking arse out the window. No one needs to see that. It's not a result, but there's no need to stick your arse in someone's face. <laughs> and that was just the women. Yeah. <laughs> I posted a few uh, requests for nostalgia questions oh, on, on the House of Fans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, look, there was a lot on there, and I, that would be a show in its own right. But I'm going to do a few of them. We, 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 we've got time, I think. Um, so this is probably one for, for, for Peter and for Don, really. But um, this is one from Gaza. Um, was the confiscation of bootlaces a myth or was it real where no. people would have their bootlaces? Actually, I'll tell you a story about that at Luton, um, before the infamous Luton, or yeah. was, yeah, was it yeah, after? Exactly. We tell you, it was a night game, we turned up there, um, about four or five of us in our little, little mob, and we got to the turnstiles and we went through, and when you got through the other side, the police were saying, they're checking your footwear. Right. If you had um, boots on, they weren't taking your laces, they were taking your boots. <laughs> this really happened, they this took was real. fucking boots off, mate, and there's a big pile of Dr. Martin's boots. And the cop yeah. said, you put your boots over there. My brother, God rest his soul, he went, you're having a fucking laugh, mate. He said, how will I find my fucking boots in that lot after the game? Cop went, ain't my problem. He said, if you don't want to take your boots off, you're not coming in. That's so, so he, like, it was my, real. My yeah, brother real. was, uh, he was, He's sort of shy and retiring, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he started cutting this copper off, and this copper was going, pushing it, get your fucking stupid cunt. Molly's doing it, let's have a copper, and you take your boots off. So we were sort of, and my brother's like, fucking create the diversion. <laughs> <laughs> we were like that, like, and we just sort of drifted away. So we were there, like, my brother came in, he's cutting in his socks. <laughs> Took his boots off him, like, you know, they let him stay in there. Love it. We're standing there with our boots on, <laughs> and he's fucking standing in his socks, but it definitely happened. It definitely happened. Yeah, it definitely happened. happened. It definitely but I will just say, I don't think it ever, ever actually stopped anyone punching people. Or for that matter, Pete, kicking them, yeah. <laughs> I, one thing, I, I mean, I, I have no knowledge of the boots. I do remember the, um, it was in the height of the Mill Brick scare. Remember yeah, the Mill Brick, the idea you could roll a newspaper up, and that is actually, and use it as an offensive weapon. That is actually in the SAS survival book. Somebody say How to make a weapon. It is in has the anyone ever survival. used it? Have you ever seen it in use? No, who actually the, made it up, though? The, I don't the know. It was, a, it was like a, a media yeah, scare. So is, made isn't it there up. a directions to it online somewhere? Yeah. How to make a weapon. In fact, I was at a meeting in work about a month ago and um, met, met, met these people um, from, uh, I won't say what company, and uh, we were all just chatting and, uh, and my logo on the um, um, webpage thing mm. that we, we talked to, can't say too much about it, but it's Millwall badge. Mm. So yeah. they all know I'm Millwall supporter yeah. before I even turn up. Oh, you're, you're a Millwall fan, yeah. Tell me something. <laughs> I'm not in the air, <laughs> Do you know how to make a Millwall <laughs> <laughs> And suddenly you look no, down at you know you look down at your notepad and there one was. <laughs> you know, you know the right to go in the mill, you have to go on a course in Old Army. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it funny if it was a course right, they taking off your evening news. Could you your not know? I said, don't let you in down here. <laughs> <laughs> This is one for everyone. You've got to make the Millwall brick. This is from Reggie Alderton. If you could relive one game from our two top flight seasons, which game would you relive and why? Oh. Liverpool. Away? Oh, absolutely, without okay. a doubt. Um, 7,000 or so, around about that, probably more. Weekend away, scored first. Took the lead. 
Stevenson's first game, yeah. cracking goal. Play, I was pissed. <laughs> Everything about it was brilliant, and it was like Liverpool were the team. Yeah. For, for kids, you know, of my kids' age that just don't understand this, how dominant they were. They were European champions. Three times, yeah. Yeah. and they had the greatest manager ever. I don't know Ferguson. Statistically, he's the greatest manager in my mind. You know, Paisley. I just everything about the day. Yeah. There was no. Well, I didn't see any trouble. Not really. Um, it was just. It was just what it should have been. That's a good chat, actually. Yeah. So I, I can't. Right. I mean, I wasn't there, but I can't say I <coughs> could say anything other unless you guys have got personal memories. That, so. No, no, the only game I would throw in, just, and, it, it, and the similar vein, yeah. but in the opposite way round. And we lost this game. It was two one at the Den against Liverpool. Um, I went to that game and the, the atmosphere was as immense as yeah. I've never known an atmosphere that matched it. It was, yeah. uh, the word immense don't do it justice. I couldn't get into the ground, I, could, I just about squeezed in the back of the cold blow yeah. and I couldn't see fuck all. We, we took the lead, I don't know how, Dennis Salmon apparently scored a goal, I can't tell. And you ended up in the front? I, the I, I was lifted. I've yeah. never been lifted by the surge and I was, I was, I've got a pretty good view of it because I carried carry forwards, climbing <laughs> really, and I finished up further down the view of the game. That to me, and, and for the same reasons that you just said Paul, um, we were going head to head, we were matching the greatest team, I would argue, in the world at that time. And wasn't... And no, those no, going head to head. Maybe we got beat by the better team. Wasn't that the game yeah. where it just turned into one big fucking kicking match? Was it that one? McMahon and yeah, yeah, Barnes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barnes um, and Beers were um, yeah. different. But, but with, um, um, they were just going fucking. Well, they, they matched us physically, yeah. Yeah, yes. It but was. that was when you saw that, that little team, <clears> team. That was a tough hard. Why are they when McMahon so good? Yeah. Done. Okay, yeah. 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 I'd also pick out the 2 0 comeback for against Nottingham Forest and uh, the noise. Yeah. I that think, day, I for me, memory wise, I think Aston Villa the first game. Because yeah. I never yeah, thought I would see them in the yeah. first division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the way up there, everyone was buzzing. It was a bit of an anti climax because when the fixtures come out, we've been drawing against the team we played last year. We all wanted Liverpool first game there, you know. But actually, I think that day, from memory, like everyone was just buzzing. Mm-hmm. And we'd have lost 6 0, it wouldn't have mattered, I don't think. That just probably came real. I think <laughs> there was 9,000 yeah. Millwall fans yeah. up there, and I don't think Villa had ever seen anything mm-hmm. fucking like it. I, um, my, I think I was, about, yeah, I was about 22 then. That was a fucking big year for me. Um, Arsenal away. Yeah. Um, nil, 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 wasn't it? The reason for me was. Um, it was midweek and it was Panadol and they have never seen fucking so many Millwall fans. Twelve thousand. Well, yeah, league away game. We were right? third in the table. Right. We were so the chance of winning the league. So that's the, the thing. Fucking football league. Real, real turning point. We were like first, second, or third in that league, and it was after that game that we started dropping yeah. down. We ended up tenth, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. But that game, that, I remember coming out right, and looking back, and it was just a fucking sea of Millwall fans, and the fucking noise was something else. So yeah, that was my one. Don, did you choose anything different? I would have gone with Liverpool. Liverpool no, 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 yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah, superb shout. Yeah. Had have a you great, seen, great got, time. Have you seen yeah. I posted the video up? It's well worth a watch. <laughs> Kenny Forbes today. Oh, oh, yeah. The beanbag. God bless him. I've met him a couple of times.
one from Jason Bourne. Does anyone remember the Jubilee Club at Cold Blow Lane? Did anyone ever get in there? Yes. I got in there once. No. Did you ever get yeah. in there? The no. Jubilee Club. Awful carpet. Awful carpet. <laughs> 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 what do you mean? What? The, the colour? When we sat the ground, you ripped yeah, it out. Yeah, and yeah. I think they did one beer. And that was <laughs> it. The Jubilee Club, minute, for younger listeners, was at the back of the seats at Cold Blow Lane. Yeah. And I wangled my way in there for Malmo Friendly. Where we, the, we had European opposition. Oh, that was glamorous. And I, I also remember the carpet was fucking awful. It was yeah. like um, it was a seventies Larry kind of carpet. Shag pile. Shag pile. <laughs> um, and I got I, me and my mates got pissed in and got thrown out about halfway through the second <laughs> half for, for being stupid. Um, so yeah, I did get into the Jubilee Club. I went in there once by accident. Um, there was a bit of a kerfuffle behind the stand when we played Portsmouth in about 1981. And a lot of Millwall fans had gone from the Coblo Lane end down the, the the runway at the back of the stand yeah. where the old Sunday market used to be to, um, you know, Agreed have them. a word with the Portsmouth fans. <laughs> and um, on the way back, I got sort of cut adrift from the, the main body of Millwall fans. Yeah. And I was in a bit of a Mexican standoff with about 600 Portsmouth fans. <laughs> and the old steward on the door grabbed me and went, get in here, mate, quick. And I did, and I stayed... And, had a few beers and enjoyed myself. And just to answer Jason's question, I think it was Hurleyman's they served in there. It, it was Hurleyman's. Um, oh, proper. Yeah, plastic glasses. No, there was um, proper beer jugs in there, I think. This one, Adidas or Nike, which would you oh. go for, boys? I've never worn Nike. Never worn Nike. Donnie's in Adidas. Converse. Converse. Oh, no, there's a Nike. Sorry. I'm an Adidas man myself. Or as it says, it is to The well. thing is, people, people remember trainer wars, but I don't probably remember this. They, my mate turned up with one of each ones to be. In his bets. And they said, oh, it ain't trainers today. And they went, what, what do you mean? They went, it's, do you watch Big Match or Match of the Day? And they used to just, they would pick anything. They'd go like, the sun or the mirror. And they would anything, you know, anything Coke or Pepsi, and and anything they <laughs> could like, divide. Well, we <laughs> they so would just feel it or cheer. Which would you go they for? Would, uh, they would uh, just say anything that could divide two groups of people. Ball, ball, I don't know ball jeans, ball or lowest frayed jeans. Which ball jeans were the, the original baggy <laughs> jeans. Yeah, they yeah. were the biggest baggy jeans. Lowest frayed jeans. One, one for one for maybe Don and Peter, Don Cow or the Green Man. Which were you gone for? I, was, I used to drink in both, really. Like, <laughs> <My choice. laughs> Whoever would have it. If you start off with a Green Man, they go across the road. <laughs> if you live near there, you're drunk in all the pubs anyway. Yeah. Didn't Greg Edwards do Duncan? There's another good Cap one from um, Rattlesnake. Thank you, Rattlesnake. Which supporters made the best attempt to have a go? At Millwall during the, the 70s or the 80s. He remembers right. Swansea having a go. What, at our place? At uh, Cold Blow Lane. I, I remember Cardiff bringing yeah. a crowd and the Ilmerton no, Rowling being almost wide right. with fighting. Yeah, Burnley like, had a go. Well, remember yeah. Cardiff. Yeah. Didn't Swansea get in the Cold Blow that slung out? Yeah, there's a, a yeah. minibus full of them, about eight or ten of them. And it was really funny because they came in the back of the Cold Blow Lane end and started off singing. They got short shrift down there. And they, they jumped onto the pitch. And as they was walking in front of the main stand, they started gesticulating for a few of the boys in the stand to come and have a go. What they didn't see was the bloke who ran on from the halfway line, because they got their backs to the halfway line, the bloke in a cream jumper ran 
the width of the pitch, and he, he did like a Hong Kong fooey <laughs> style kick straight in the centre of the backline suit of this skinhead who had the braces and everything. And everyone, the funny thing was, twelve thousand people in the ground could see it coming, except him. <laughs> Too many bringing many. I mean, Chelsea obviously. Portsmouth always used to. Yeah, yeah, so that, when they come mean, out of the white, you mentioned, new cross you mentioned that Liverpool game. Yeah, the midweek one. Yeah. That, I, I think remember there being a bit of trouble with that one as yeah. well. They, Ever, they well that was that was in the era of uh, they, 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 the away fans were fenced off yeah, by yeah. it. But in the in the seventies, I mean, Cardiff. Yeah. Actually, I mean, this was an open ground, effectively. Yeah. Like they, when you could walk from yeah. one end to yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. They were still. They, they were, stood their ground for they, so long. They, 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 they come. They was up the back of the Eldon Road, and the the police were trying to do. I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do. I still remember it. Clear as anything. But they, but we, we, some some people smashed a few of them a bit, and it got a bit lively, and and it sort of calmed down a bit. And they were all, you could see them all. They were all like. Walking to the right, with their heads returned to the left. Hunts can hit us next sort of thing like that. all that. Also, there was one bloke right in the middle of them started going, Kiar, death. And they're all looking at him, shut up, you stupid cunt. But when, when I looked who he was, it wasn't a Cardiff fan, it was a fucking Millwall fan. <laughs> I bet every fuck around his country knows who it is. <laughs> <laughs> And he waited for any style from within. Like. It, could, it could be entertaining though, in the halfway line, watching you know, oh, the time yeah. two people go around. Yeah, yeah. You just There was a funny game against Cardiff. I think we lost four 0 at home, and basically at the old den you could change ends at yeah, half time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what happened? Like at the old road, and there was no hardly any Millwall fans there at all. But then Cardiff started turning up late and they, they brought a lot of fans. In them days, it was a lot of fans. It was like 12, 1,400 and the den had never seen nothing like it. And all the Millwall fans at the Eldon Road end started seeing come and join us. And, and it was just like a swarm from a couple of lane. And all of a sudden, it was like you couldn't get in the Eldon Road end. And I mean, I'm talking, the crowd was about 6,500. <laughs> So much so that like, the ball went into the cold blow lane and there was no one there to throw the fucking <laughs> Question from Loving It. Was the, is the new den really any worse than the old den where the team is shitty and the crowds are small? So the question being, is the, is the new ground a, a, a more critical, hostile place for our own players than the old den was? I, I don't think so. The old den was, was ruthless, wasn't it? On the if really, if further away, it's all more spread out. I mean, you can't walk around and all sit in one corner, can you? It's all same. It's more sedate anyway. It's just yeah. by definition, it, the, the the ground, the old den was was very tight. Yeah. You're right on top. I mean, you know, you could nick the ball if someone taking a throw in, couldn't yeah. you? Yeah. You know, from the halfway line. And Don and, frequently did. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, I think I think it was it was a bear. Yeah. Did I, I, the, the old the old ground? Did I ever tell? Stop me if I told you this story. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. A bloke in work was friends with Peter Taylor, yeah, Crystal Palace. Yeah. 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 Oh right, yeah. this was going back a few years, and he said that <clears throat> he said he always tells a story. He said I don't know if it was true or not. He said but it makes everyone laugh. That his his first game at Millwall in a, in a you know Palace thing, and they were all saying like you know keep away from the fucking crowd. <laughs> not 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 a te- you know tactic. Just keep away from the crowd. Don't go anywhere near the fucking <laughs> crowd. He was a winger, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he was a, <laughs> a young kid, and he said oh. 
away from the crowd, what are they talking about? So the game started, it's going, fucking hell, like, you know, it's quite noisy and all that. And Paul went out for throwing, <laughs> and he went over, um, to get it, and they had, uh, that bloke used to take their throwings, wherever it was, and he wouldn't go and take them. He's like, can't take fucking throwing like <laughs> so, he said, so he said, all right, you know, I'll trot it over there. He said, well, I've, I've picked the ball up. Like, I looked at the crease, he's like, it's all these fucking faces. <laughs> he said, I looked at it and I turned around and I thought, I better throw this ball like this. And then he's got the throw. He, he could see that the, the players weren't asking before I was going to him, just throw it! <laughs> he looked like he said, and about four foot away, there was a bloke with a brick in his hand. <laughs> he said, I just threw the ball around on the pitch. He said, I spent the rest of the game in the centre circle. He said, I'll never come out of it again until the final. <laughs> I had a similar story once from a bloke who never played first team football for us, but played in the reserves. And he said, basically the same thing happened to him in a reserve game at the Den, but with one person. <laughs> <laughs> Last question for the show today. Uh, personal vouchers. Was, was the preferred method to get personal vouchers or to nick an excess fare ticket? Um, I'll tell you a funny story about that. And use that to get away. I mean, it's, this is going to The personal vouchers was on the outside of the box. Yeah. And I was, I was shopping down a co-op or wherever with my mum and she's picked up a packet of personal washing powder and as she's put it in her basket, all the powders come out because <laughs> the, the, the voucher ones have been ripped. So she's put that one back and got another one. There, all of a sudden, there must have been 60 boxes of personal powder on there. Not one of them didn't have a fucking hole in it. Where the voucher <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's the show, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Big thank you to Paul Turner, Derek, Don, Peter, and Barry, who's got a holiday to go away to now. So um, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.